Yes, which one specifically? I know he's got like four. Which one's his just... his most utilized one? Isn't it just the... Um... Oh, that's a different one that I'm used to. Let me see. For Todd, I have Todd at Yahoo. Yeah, it's normally what he gives. Uh... That's the only one I think I have of his. I'll send it to you afterward. Okay, yeah, no problem. So we can record, yeah. Nothing special. Okay. So yeah, I'll get let you have the lead and I'll I will fall, let me pull up free agents here and stuff. Yeah, that's what I have here. Uh, position by position. Yeah, just because um he ships it to the, the people who are in charge of editing our stuff now. Oh yeah, that's right. I we don't you don't have to edit anything anymore. <laughs> How does that feel for you? Well, that makes me a lot happier. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All right, whenever you're ready, fella. Let's do it. All right. And welcome, everybody, to the Halos in the Infield podcast. It's been a long time. Todd's been having some technical issues, so that's why we haven't been able to record lately. But I am joined here by a lot of people's favorite, certainly one of my all-time favorite guests, Mr. Dominic Lorenz. Dominic, how are you doing, and how's Catella Chronicles? Things are going great. Good to be back on here to finally talk some Angels baseball. Funny enough that nothing's really going on, so it's not like there's breaking news that we're dropping right now, but... Been a good yeah. time. Catella Chronicles has been super busy with Anaheim good. Ducks hockey. Um, so we've been rolling through there, filling in, you know, hopping on some football podcasts. My 49ers are having a good time right now. So a yeah. lot of non-baseball sports we've been throwing into the mix. So it's been a really good time over here at Catella Chronicles. Good. Make sure to give them a follow if you haven't already. But I mean, who are we kidding? Most of the people who follow us follow you guys over Catella Chronicles. But if you're not on it for whatever reason, you got to join that side of the fence as well. They do some great work over there. We love and David. David's been great. We're, we're throwing, we're once the new year hits, this uh, is actually an exclusive right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Exclusive. Surprise exclusive. As of January 1st, 2024, maybe not to the day, but once the, we flip the calendar to the happy new year, there's going to be some fun, updated, positive changes coming up to Catella Chronicles. All good things, nothing crazy, but just some fun things coming up for Catella Chronicles. So if you haven't followed us already, please do so. And if you have, when the calendar flips, get ready for some new positive things coming to Catella Chronicles in 2024. Well, we're certainly excited just because, you know, we have such a good partnership with you guys. Uh, and uh, oh, speaking yeah. of that partnership, well, let's get to the nitty gritty here, right? Okay, so here's where we are. It's currently... The winter meetings in Major League Baseball. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, that's when every single general manager in baseball, really a lot of these key uh, front office guys are in one designated area. This year, it's Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So they're all there. They're, they rent out like a hotel, Dash Convention Center area. And, you know, they have certain events that happen. I think tomorrow's the draft lottery. So when you guys are listening to this, if you're listening, the day was released. Today is a draft lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then aside from that, it's just a bunch of, you know, simultaneous events happening with this. If you've been watching MLB Network or if you're in the X universe or Instagram, I'm sure you've seen a lot of little clips. I mean, there's been some around Washington. There's going to be some of Perry. You name it. You know, if they're a big name in baseball. You know, they're being interviewed right now by the Ken Rosenthal's, the Jeff Passons of the world. Uh, for various things. Mm-hmm. Am I missing anything there? 
No, the other big thing is it's it's a the winter meetings is also big for minor league baseball. So a lot of minor league front offices have a lot of trade shows, a lot of meetings, yeah. stuff to get prepped for the year. And funny enough, the hotel that it's at this year, the Gaylord Opry Hotel, I've actually stayed there before on vacation okay. in Nashville. So pretty much I any good. It very it's probably one of the best hotels I've stayed at within the United States. Again, I've never gone okay. international, so but for Tennessee, it's right next door. If you're a country music fan. Grand Ole Opry, it's right next door. It's a, you know, I went online and found a map of all the events that are going on. And I'm like, I've been there, been there, been there, been there, been there, you know? So it, it's a very nice and a very, it, I think it's one of the top five places that MLB's had their winter meetings entirely in history. Is this the same venue where they had the NHL draft or was that a different part of Nashville? Cause that was also last year, right? The NHL draft. Yeah. The NHL draft. In Nashville. I think they did some events, but I think they did okay. it at Bridgestone Arena. They did okay. the draft, okay. and then they had other events, you know, on Broadway and, and the Gaylord Opry. So there's a lot down there in Nashville. Um, you know, I know we're, you know, we're Angels fans. We don't go to Nashville, and there's no team in Nashville unless you're – Yet. You know, the, yet, the, or the minor league team out there, the Milwaukee's AAA affiliate. But The still, Nashville Sounds, yep. The Nashville Sounds. So just putting it out there, Nashville – Go do it. I think MLB always hits it out of the park. No pun intended. In yeah. Nash- Nashville, you know, Orlando, Florida, at the Disney Resort, and San Diego are always the three most popular places for the MLB to host their winter meeting. So always things going down. The big question, I know we're going to get into this in just a little bit, who is signing where and when during these three days? Because not every single free agent is going to sign. Of course. But we want the meat. We want that medium rare steak cut right on open with the potatoes and everything else. We want it now because MLB, let's be real. Since the moment that the Texas Rangers won the World Series, it has been very stale on the free agent market thus far. No, we Absolutely. Had, we had a trade go down last night. The Angels made one little small bullpen move, which I know we'll probably quickly grasp upon here momentarily, but it's been on a scale of one to ten. We're at like a two right now. There's really not much. It's mostly speculation at this point. Yeah, and you know, there's probably a lot of people out there who are wondering, like, well, why? You know, how come Halos in the infield hasn't been posting too much? Of course, you guys have been busy because you covered the Ducks. It's a helpful, <laughs> exactly. So you know, for us, probably a lot of people are like, oh, well, how come they're not posting? So I've kind of transitioned a little bit from posting a lot of the speculatory stuff. I'm not a big fan of posting the speculations because anybody can say whatever they want nowadays. You can buy a blue check mark nowadays, yep. and people are just going to believe you. Yep. So I'm not a big fan anymore of just you know, like two or three years ago when Twitter was 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 ruling the world and all was right with that. At least a blue check mark meant something, right? Yep. So if somebody with a blue check mark said, "Hey, Shohei Otani is going to sign somewhere this week," there was some weight behind it, right? And now, you know, no disrespect to you, this is just an example. You can buy a blue check mark. Yep. You can say Shohei Otani is going to the Anaheim Ducks, and people are going to be like, "Oh my God, he's going to hockey!" You know what I mean? So the point is that a lot of stuff don't have at least the weight now that it did a couple of years ago. So with that being said, we're not really opposing a lot of the speculation stuff. Now, if someone like a Ken Rosenthal says something, maybe it's a little different Jeff because Patterson. they're a giant name. Yeah. Right. Just, There's some credibility. And even those not, guys are dropping the ball. Do not trust John Heyman or Bob Nightingale. 
Don't yeah. do it. And it's the absolute know, opposite of what they say. It's I promise. The opposite. We promise. So Ken Rosenthal, Jeff Pass, and those are your top two. John Palmarosi is pretty good as well. Those, yep. okay. th- those are the three guys you want to listen to. Negate all the faulty Twitter handles and please pay attention. This is the time of year where myself, Fernando, Todd, everybody with Halos in the infield and Catella Chronicles do not want to have a heart attack. Okay. Don't yeah. post speculatory BS. Exactly. I mean, you know, Bob Nightingale, make sure it isn't Bob and number one GH. You know what I mean? That that's typically the kind of stuff it is. Yeah. So you got to look out for that kind of stuff. So with all that being said, we haven't really been posting a lot of the speculatory stuff or even the stuff like, oh, we're showing Otani is going to be signing the next week or two when Ken Rosenthal says it. Why? Because that, that stuff's already out there. People already see it. That's not news. The news will be when he officially decides where he's going to sign. And before we get into that, Todd and I haven't really gotten to talk much about this. So I want your opinion. Okay. Okay. What is your opinion on this Oakland A's thing? Now that, you know, they already kind of addressed it publicly, you know, it's well known now. They're going to Las Vegas. When? We don't know yet, but we know what's going to happen. So with that being said, is this the right move long-term for Oakland? At the end of the day, as you said, we all knew it was coming. Thinking of how popular Vegas has become with the Golden Knights hockey team, the Raiders moving from Oakland to Vegas, the tourism that comes to Las Vegas. I think the Oakland A's, now the Las Vegas A's, will get a shot of rejuvenation. They're going to get a facelift a little bit, as the celebrities in Hollywood would say. I think it's positive in the sense of the future direction of this organization and what this organization means to MLB as a whole. For the city of Oakland, that's, you know, you're busting their balls a little bit. I know they're going to get a Pioneer League independent team to play at the, at the Coliseum in Oakland. So at least baseball will still be in that city. But at the end of the day, when all the chips fall, I think this is the right move. And I know it's tough to see, but they're going to get a brand new ballpark. It's going to bring rejuvenated energy. My disclaimer, do not visit Las Vegas anytime soon once that happens. You could have four sports, the sphere, traffic's a nightmare. Don't be crazy, people. Fly, don't drive to Las Vegas. And I think it'll be interesting to see because my this is my take on it. They they approved it now here in 23. Ground will probably break maybe this time next year because they're still finalizing plans. You need 25, 26. My guess is they don't cut the ribbon opening day in Vegas at the earliest 2027, my guess 2028 season. Yeah, I think the 2028 is a little more realistic. Five years. In, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Okay, now let me ask you this. Are they able to stay until then in Oakland, in your opinion? Do you think they will tough it out for those next you know, four or five I, years? I think so. I, I, I really don't. I know the Pioneer League team is starting in 2024 playing at the Coliseum. That's the rumor mill right now. So if that's the case... The Oakland A's schedule is already on the table, so the Pioneer League would have to adjust to the home games or maybe they play a day game where the A's have a night game or you know whatever the situation is. But I think MLB would maybe give some leeway to the Oakland A's, maybe give them a little money to help with whatever they need in this case scenario. Get the raccoons out of the press box. Yeah, the get, possums. You know, get, <laughs> get some actual security near the dugout so Rendon doesn't have to fight a fan after opening day. You know, things like that. 
that you want to shore up. But I think they will stay in Oakland up until because what you're going to move them again. What are you going to do? Make them play at the Oakland, you know, the A's AAA facility in Las Vegas? I don't think yep. so. Yeah. I mean, that's what everyone keeps saying. I mean, from my understanding, so I watch a guy, I'm going to give him a free plug. Uh, this is a YouTuber named Brody Brazil. Uh, I like a lot of his content. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Does, I think he worked for like NBC Bay Area or something. Okay. Um, so yeah, he does a lot of their, a lot of coverage. And, and he's covered this Oakland A's thing at nauseum for the last year, essentially. I've been watching him for a year. And uh, he was talking about the fact that the Oakland mayor has suggested to the Oakland A's like, Hey, you guys are going to be allowed to stay here for the next four or five years with one condition. When you guys move, you are not allowed to take the athletics moniker with you, which is interesting. That adds a very, very interesting uh, just element to it because John Fisher has made it very clear that he does not want to rebrand, but Mm -hmm. you know, you know, it's a business, right? Would you, would you, when they move officially to Las Vegas, would you change their entire franchise instead of the bringing over the A's? Would you switch it to the Las Vegas blank? Yeah, well, whatever. The, the yeah. Black Jacks, the, the whatever, the Circus Circus Clowns, you know? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, would, would I you? would. I yeah. would. And the reason for that is because Las Vegas has made it very clear, you know, just, just from listening uh, to just local interviews, once again, Brody Brizzle does a lot of like local interviews or he's brought on a lot of these radio talents from that area. And they all have made it very clear. They didn't want the Oakland days. They wanted baseball, but they wanted something that was new. Okay. So with that being said, the Oakland athletics aren't new, right? They have a reputation. They have a history. Exactly. I think it's going to be much easier to get this new market to embrace you if you're the Las Vegas blank, you know, like I said, we'll throw out the blackjacks or something. Just yeah, we'll say blackjacks. Yeah, the Las Vegas blackjacks for now. <laughs> so I think it's going to be much easier for that region to grasp yeah. onto this new identity than it is for them to take what I've heard referred to as a couple of times as Oakland's trash. Because the thing with the Raiders, that was different. The Raiders are one of the most recognizable logos in the in, world, in, forget in, sports. In any sports, in any, yes. Yeah, you know, the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Lakers, these are logos that if you ask 100 people, 99 to 100 of those people are going to no. know these logos. They stand, you know, the Dodgers, they stand, the Yankees. They stand, are, they stand the test of time, and especially in a football world, the Raiders made sense. If you exactly. switch the A's to the Blackjacks or something, that's going to give MLB a a clear path opportunity, money, marketing, Absolutely. jerseys, T-shirts, just like the, like the NHL did with the Vegas Golden Knights. You can basically use what the Golden Knights did. Use their template for hockey, make it to baseball, and there's your cash flow for a decade plus. Yeah, and you know, it's very, it does happen where teams relocate and have immediate success. Right. I mean, I'm a Coyotes fan. The Coyotes relocated from Winnipeg in 1998, had some immediate success. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, it hasn't really happened with the Raiders yet. It didn't happen with the Nationals. God, I'm trying to think who's relocated recently that's had good success. It hasn't well, happened. Lately. Well, the Washington the Nationals, Golden Knights, probably the Golden Knights, but they were an expansion franchise. Exactly. A, yeah. So I they were Seattle. They weren't good their first year, but their second year, they had a pretty deep playoff run. Yeah. So I would say maybe. It's hard to say. Maybe the Washington Nationals, because they have won a championship, 
Or you can look in basketball, the Oklahoma City Thunder moving from oh, yeah. Seattle to OKC. It's true, yeah. But they haven't won a, a champion, or have they? No, they have. No, no, they did no. not win a championship. They made it to the final. So there's a they couple did. of teams that have had I what I would call short term success, but I guess you could say the Washington Nationals because they actually do have a ring. Yeah, but it took them like more than a decade, right? They relocated in 2005 and they didn't win to 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, but I think at the at the end of the day, this is the proper move for the you know, for the Oakland A's. It it has I agree. There, I, I think agree. It was it was David versus Goliath, and it was more so like a hundred Goliaths against one David, and it just wasn't gonna work. Yeah, you know, I feel bad for the Oakland A's fans that are devoted, but at the end of the day, that amount of people has been dwindling over the last decade. And you can say what you want, but I mean, yep. you know, as somebody who lived in San Diego for you know 20 years, you know, I grew up surrounded by Chargers fans. I, I've been a Broncos fan my whole life, but you know, I don't have a lot of sympathy for those people in San Diego who are like, oh, we lost the Chargers because I remember what it was like to live in San Diego and not really see a lot of people caring about the Chargers until it was too late. It was and casual. they all blamed ownership. Yeah, exactly. You know, they blame ownership, and, and that's kind of what Oakland's doing. And I, I'm going to I'm going to be beaten for saying that. <laughs> but uh, you know, because now because we definitely have Chargers fans who watch this, they're like, "Oh, what an asshole! How dare you? Oh my goodness!" But, but yeah, but it's true. I remember what it was like when you know NBC Eight or whatever it was in San Diego had to buy tickets to Qualcomm Stadium because the seats they didn't sell enough seats, so the games were blacked out. Yeah, and you know, look what's happening in Oakland, right? I mean, you had countless games where there was 2,000 people there. Yeah. I mean, I went to opening day in 2017 and 2018. 2017, there must have been twelve to 16,000 people. Yeah. And in 2018, I was there for Otani's first career hit. Same thing. 12,000 people was generous. That was what I saw. Game two in 2017, I was there, and they had literally two or 3,000 people there, and I wish I was joking. When single-A teams have more attendance on a Saturday, on, on, a, on a Thursday night than Oakland A's on a Saturday, you know there's a problem. We joked for a long time how the Marlins and the Rays were the bottom. Now, Miami's starting to win. Even though Tampa's winning, I know they're getting a new ballpark or negotiating a new ballpark out there in Florida, so hopefully that benefits them in some way, shape, or form. But Oakland is the laughing stock, and and you know that's pretty much at the end of the day, that move to Vegas has been the biggest news of the offseason. That ha- that's been the biggest threat. But overall, I think it's a good move for Oakland to move to Vegas. Uh, maybe not for the people, but for just the brand of baseball. Regardless if they stay the A slash Athletics or they become something else, it's good for baseball. They'll still stay in the AL West, so it's not like there's going to be a division alignment change or anything. So. Unless MLB adds another team in the mix, but that's a conversation for another time. Absolutely, and I'm sure we're going to touch touch on this again this offseason. Oh. So let's let's slowly move on. So the Angels they made really one small move. I mean, they've had a couple of minor league uh, moves. They've let a couple guys go into free agency. I mean, Jaime Berea being one of the bigger names, uh, who's now with the Guardians on a minor league deal. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was a bit interesting. I mean, I know Jaime Perea has been very hit or miss. I would have liked him to stay in the minor league system because I don't think it was a complete lost cause. I know a lot of our fans weren't crazy about it, but, you know, it's a tough one. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, though. Adam yeah. Kolarik is the lefty who they signed. He, a very, very Aaron Loop type of replacement yeah. signing, if you ask me. 
I take a deep breath on this one because again, it's not the juicy free agent that we want, but yeah, it's not. It it, it satisfies a couple of boxes. A lefty specialist. Yep. Yes. Does it help bolster the bullpen? It adds a name to the bullpen. I don't know how much it's going to bolster. When he was with the Dodgers, there were some positive moments, but then he's been kind of hit and miss. What changed Adam Kolarik's career was when the MLB rule change came involved when you had to face a three-batter minimum because he was the ultimate lefty specialist. And he could come in for a batter or two, leave the game, have a couple days off, do it again. So I think it's going to be something interesting for new Angel pitching coach Barry Enright. We can officially say that amongst his coaching staff. Ron Washington, manager. Bench coach, well, still Ray Montgomery. Then you have hitting coach Johnny Washington. You have first base coach uh, Portis. Third base coach Eric Young. Senior. Senior. And now Barry Enright at pitching coach. And I know the Angels have an offensive coordinator now as well, giving them some love (laughs) here on the show. Um, it's not Josh McDaniels. And not, <laughs> nobody from that tree. But I think Cleric will be a nice if if he's utilized properly, and thank God we're using that term under the Ron Washington era and not the Phil Nevin era. Cleric will not get hashtag philosophy. Okay. No. Ron Washington will have a plan. Barry Enright will have a plan. So let's see how it goes. Again, it's nine hundred thousand dollars for a year. I'm not crying over spilled milk at this point. If if it if it works out, great. If it doesn't, send him to AAA, cut him halfway through the year. Oh well, you lose four hundred and whatever thousand. Not a big deal. But if it works out well, it's a nice it's a nice little piece. It's not going to be like MVP worthy, but I'll I'll take it. Yeah. Now we haven't seen a lot of these small type of moves, uh, bullpen pieces pan out for Perry Manazian. That's the one thing that you know Billy Epler was good at. He was good at digging in the bargain bin, you know, shifting through the blindside DVDs and, you know, finding that one winner. Maybe it was the Green Mile, the Shawshank Redemption, whatever, in the $5 yeah. bin. So he was good at the, you know, getting the Parker Bridwells, the David Hernandezes, the Blake Parkers. I know you guys are taking a drive down memory lane. The JC Ramirez kind of guys. Oh, gosh. Totally missed out on Kirby Yates, who was an angel for a day. Yeah. You know, but the point is, like, Billy Upper was good at those type of bargain bin uh, kind of guys. Them coming here, having some decent success, and then, you know, we would ride until the wheels came off or they would get traded or whatever. Yep. Perry hasn't had that kind of success. Hopefully this is the one time where one of these guys, these bargain bin kind of guys, works out. And, you know, sometimes it does. Uh, it's just the Angels haven't had that kind of success over really the last decade there's some teams that are really 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 good at taking on these projects doing a really good job with them look at the dodgers look at the athletics uh look at the rays these guys you know have routinely taken i mean max muncie was a nobody justin turner wasn't very good with the mets and these guys turned into phenomenal names in major league baseball the angels always have this need and feel that they're going to be the next destructors of the game of baseball. We're going to take these nobodies and create them into something. We tried it with uh, Tim Lincecum trying to revive his career. Noah Syndergaard trying to revive careers. Um, Mm -hmm. You can look at Matt Harvey before all that negativity that that ensued. You're trying to take on these Trevor Cahill. You know, Trevor Cahill. You see these situations and we're in a point now with this Angels organization and we've talked about it uh, at nauseum that the Angels can't be doing it anymore. They got to 
surpass the luxury tax, go after proven pitchers, and go from there. Stop hunting in the bargain bin for top-tier positions that are empty. Right now, the Angels, their top of the rotation is empty. I know we have Reed Detmers, Patrick Sandoval, Griffin Canning, Tyler Anderson, and Chase Silseth. That's great. Are any of them at this moment right now ace-level material? No. no, not not based on the 2023 season. And I mean, the saddest part is out of all those guys, I mean, who would be your ace at the moment after last year? Griffin Canning? You know, you- <laughs> Honestly, based on how this pitcher evolved and rolled with the changes, Chase Souls, that's my opening day starter. Really? Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he, he he went back down to triple A. He evolved his pitches. He 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 True. until you know he got plunked in the back of the head in New York. But that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> but without Shohei Otani, and this is, I guess, leading to another conversation. But if Otani stays, he's not pitching next year. We know that hundred percent. He's going to be a straight DH only. The Angels are still going to need a top of the level ace to get them by for twenty twenty four, and. In all intensive purposes, regardless if you get or do not get Otani, I don't care where he goes. I do care. But in this conversation, the Angels' first order of business, in my opinion, again, screw the luxury tax, go over it. The Angels need to go get Blake Snell. I'm sorry. I am on the really? – You know me. I was on the Blake Snell train at the trade deadline. Because I said if the Angels, at the time, they were starting a trend upward. They had swept the Yankees. They took two or three from Pittsburgh, swept Detroit. We were feeling good. I said if the Padres go on a massive two-week losing streak or just totally bottom out plummet, Blake Snell could be on the shelf and be sent out. Why not the Angels go after him? The Angels go out and get Lucas Giolito instead. And Blake Snell... I think could really be this piece. He turned around after a crappy April, his May, June, July, August, and the rest of the year, Cy Young caliber, and he was NL Cy Young this year. So I think Blake Snell is the way to go. I know Jordan Montgomery is probably the next best pitcher. And then you have Brandon Woodruff and Marcus Stroman. Those are the kind of the top four remaining. Marcus Stroman is the guy I wanted to ask you about. Since you brought him up, what's your opinion on Marcus Stroman? And another guy I want to throw out there Mm -hmm. who, you know, because everyone's looking at Blake Snell. So if everyone else is going to zig, maybe we should zag. So Marcus Stroman and Eduardo Rodriguez. Where are you on those two guys? Marcus Stroman, I wouldn't have a problem with. He's the type of person that's going to get a lucrative deal, but it's going to have a lot of opt-outs. If it's club option, if it's player option, he'll be a Like you did with the Cubs. Like you did with the Cubs. I would expect that the entire way. Um, I would say you think every year or every other year, in your opinion. And and we're probably talking about, I think we can probably both say, what, six to eight-year deal? He's 33 years old, a 4.8 war. The most I would give him, five years. I I would give him five years. An opt-out after either an opt-out after the first and second, like one each year. If okay. you and after that second year, you're locked in the rest of the way, or an opt-out after the first year and an opt-out after the third year. So every other year kind of mentality. Um, is it a player opt-out? I would say first one is Team second player, but knowing Strowman, it would be player for both, knowing his personality. Yeah, I, I don't think he'd be okay with the team option. No, and you saw he started off strong last year, kind of dipped halfway to the end. So 
I think a club option should be nice. Make him want to prove something at the end of the day, but he's 33. Maybe he's like, I just want my money and go. Um, with Eduardo Rod- uh, Rodriguez, I good idea in theory. I think he wants to be on the East Coast like we saw at the trade deadline when he said, no, thank hey, you, you, Dodgers. I'm, the Dodgers. <laughs> I'm out. I'm staying in Detroit. I'm not going to lie. I actually see him returning to Detroit. Detroit's on the uptick. They just got Kenta Maeda. They got a cup, you know, even though that's your deal. Two or three, I believe. I think, okay. I think yeah, it was two. Multi, yeah, multi-year deal. Okay. Um, AJ Hinch today, they just announced undisclosed years, but he's getting re-upped as the manager of the uh, Detroit Tigers. He is. Yeah. Um, we're now going into the post-Miguel Cabrera era. So money is now being shaved off the books. They got some more to spend with. So I think Detroit, maybe in a few years, maybe they're Cincinnati and they surprise everybody. But I think they could be a team that gets back to contending and making that AL Central more competitive than usual. But I would put my odds more on Stroman than Rodriguez just because of the whole I'd rather play on the East Coast thing. Okay. Perfect. So, uh, and another name I want to ask you about, because I know we can sit here all day. Oh, we can go through talk. everybody. Exactly. Uh, but this is a, a big name. Just like Shoei Otani, uh, Yamamoto. Where are you on him? Is that a guy who the Angels should really, really take a hard, long look at? I know he his name has not been thrown very often with the Angels. His name is more associated with the East Coast team. And, you know, I know we're about to talk Otani, but uh, Yamamoto. Well, Funny that you should say that because okay. no, I'm not breaking any news. Not like last time when we did Giolito. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, uh, what a disappointment that ended up being. <laughs> Yamamoto, according to Alden Gonzalez of ESPN four hours ago, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Blue Jays, the Angels, the Giants are in on Otani. And then Yam- Yamamoto are with the Yankees and the Mets. The Blue Jays are in there and maybe a few West Coast teams if they don't get Otani, does that mean Angels? Does that mean Giants? Does that mean Dodgers? I don't know. But that's the latest update on Yamamoto. From what I've heard, Yamamoto wants to be on a team that already has an established Japanese or Asian descent player. I don't know how much validity there is, but that's okay. been the rumor that circulated around. So the that- Mets, the Red Sox, I'm trying to think who are like the, the- Cubs. The Cubs, Suzuki. yeah, Suzuki. Otani, Ota- he stays with the Angels or, or wherever okay. Otani goes. But we also have to remember that Otani in the past has made it clear through clear. sources that he did not want to be part of a team that had numerous Asian players. That was the rumors that I've heard from our sources. So that's where the truth and the validity of these you know, topics, I think they maybe just want to create a storyline. Who the hell knows? I, I don't know what to make of it. But if that's the case, your teams for Yamamoto are right there, as we talked about Cubs, Red Sox, uh, you know, Angels or wherever Otani goes or, you know, so on and so forth. For me, I could see I, – I feel he's more of an East Coast guy. I think he wants to be there. And I think the Mets are out of the Otani race. They've made that very clear with new GM and all the all, all the struggles they went through last year. I could see them trying to make a splash and doing something like this because it's not Otani level. Mm-hmm. It's something that's like tier B that is still keeping them relevant in baseball. 
and yep. the eyes on the Mets in Queens. And I think any opportunity for the Mets to take something away from the Yankees is huge. So I, I, I agree in the sense where I think he is East Coast bound. And if that's the case, maybe Otani's West Coast bound. Who hopefully. knows? You know. Unless it's the Dodgers, then oh, hopefully God. not. Hopefully not. Okay. So as as we're gonna start wrapping up here, let's talk about the the you know thousand pound elephant in the room. Several thousand pound elephant in the room. Let's talk about Shohei Otani. The t- now the two the two time MVP elephant in the room. Yeah, the two ton then. The two we'll tons. say two tons. Maybe should have been three ton, but that's a different story for another day. Yeah, how funny is it that the his best season he didn't win? Because I mean, I think undoubtedly 2022 was his best season. Personally, I think, I, I, it was I, better I, than 2021. You know what? That would be a great deep dive. Look at all th- the two MVP seasons versus the non-MVP and really analyze which one was truly better. Yeah. On, without looking at the numbers too, too much, I think the impact he had this year because the team had more winning abilities and they were closer to playoffs this year than they were last year, maybe not at the end of the day, but throughout the year, he was more valuable. I think he was more valuable as a pitcher in 22 than 23, just because of the injury that happened. There were a couple of games that he got rocked in because of the damn sweeper pitch that, you know, me, you know, you know, me and sweeper, I'm not digging, but I would say, it's a little bit of both, but without looking at the numbers. I think my my spread laws <laughs> is uh, is that maybe he knew there was a UCL issue, and you and I had talked about that, and I think yep. with Todd also. Multiple times. That I think that's the reason why he was throwing so many breaking pitches, maybe just to put a little less strain on the elbow because, you know, yeah. you have to put a little less zip on if, it. You're throwing, <laughs> if you're throwing a breaking pitch over a fastball where it's, exactly. you know, all about zip. So – with that being said, you and I have talked off air, and I we're going to elaborate on it now. We're the Major League Baseball right now is in a Mexican standoff, right? As a proud Latino man, I can say the term Mexican standoff. So, with that being said, everyone's standing right there, waiting to duel like it's the meme from the office. Everyone's standing yep. there waiting. We're all waiting. So, Shohei Otani is a hundred percent dictating the market right now. 100%. I don't think any major moves are going to be made until we have a decision on where Otani goes, because that will literally dictate, I mean, absolutely everything. Because, you know, now let's just say he goes to the Blue Jays. So now the Angels need an ace-type pitcher. Okay, maybe they get Blake Snell now. And now we know how much Blake Snell can go for because Otani signed a seven-year, $500 million contract, let's just say. Yeah. So, okay, well, how many of that, you, you know, is it backloaded because he's only going to be pitching near the end of his career? How many opt-outs? Okay, cool. Well, this is what Blake Snell is going to get. This is what yep. Jordan Montgomery is going to get, et cetera. Yep. You know, it, it's a funny conversation because I was having conversation with you and with other people about the entire Otani situation. And I think, I think it's kind of funny that one person dictates a market, especially when that person is Shoei Otani where he's two-way. He's not like anybody else. So to say he's comparable to Blake Snell's contract is a little hogwashy because like Blake Snell is just one thing. Otani is two things and he's completely different. So for him, a small part of me understands why he's holding up the market, but then there's another small part of me. It's like, 
but he's different. That sh- something like him should not hold up a Bellinger, a Snell, a Stroman, things like that. In the whole thing of Shohei Otani, but this- is Cody Bellinger's arguably the second best DH potential bat available? Be- I think because he's, you know what I would, I I would say yes because he's younger. But I think based on stats and consistency, I think J.D. Martinez is the best DH bat after Otani. It's true. I would put that. For me, for Otani, and I think this is where a lot of people that are watching this and listening want to know, and we've talked about it at nauseum, but throw him over to the fire. Let's see what happens. There's a part of me that's saying Otani's coming back. And I'm not saying that to be nostalgic. I think just where we're at, and I think at the end of the day, you know what's going to be the big trigger that comes back? And and you know I've said this a lot. I don't think it's going to be the ultra-high money that brings him anywhere. I think it's going to be the sense of autonomy he gets within an organization. He is used to the Angels. He is used to calling his own shots. Do you think he's going to be able to call his own shots in L.A. with the Dodgers? Is he going to call his own shots with the Blue Jays if he's got Guerrero or if they add a Juan Soto? Too much too much hands in the cookie jar when it comes to Absolutely. superstars. I think because Mike Trout is his you know, top-tier equal counterpart, Mike Trout is so casual. Otani, you do your business. Rendon, you do your business. There's more relaxation over there. I think that helps Otani for me. Perfect scenario for Otani. Seven-year deal. The money is what the money is. I'm not even going to predict it because it could be three. It could be four. It could be eight. It could be a billion, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's seven years. Opt out after year two. Because he'll, in theory, be pitching by then. I agree with that. I think there's going to be an opt-out of year because, two. Because Ron Washington signed a two-year deal. Yep. Okay. So... Stay around for the Ron Washington era. DH, it's almost like a, we scratch your back, you scratch ours. We will sign you and you agree to us. You can basically use and abuse us as your rehab facility for two years. And basically audition again. Hit in 24, pitch and hit the redemption season in 2025. If the Angels are winning with Ron Washington and the forward trajectory of this organization is back where it needs to be, Come on in. If not, and we still struggle, and it's time to pull the pin out of the grenade and say, Ron Washington, you may stay and work on this rebuild, or we know you're older and you deserve to win. Go on to your next franchise. Otani, thank you for your service. Move on. Because I think, as we've all talked about this, the Ron Washington deal essentially told us Angel fans, we're not blowing this thing up. We're going to do what we typically do, bandage things a little bit, but we're going to be smarter with what brand of bandage we use. And with Ron Washington, the message is simply clear. We're going to take the West by storm. You can put it in the bank and cash it now. Absolutely. Now, I completely agree with what you're saying. And before anyone over there is like, oh, well, here's these Angel fans. They're homers. The kids are Angel fans. They're stumbling upon this. And they're just, oh, it's wishful thinking. Honestly, I'd be happy if Otani didn't come back. You have to be realistic. I love Otani. Best player in baseball when he's healthy. The most talented baseball player any of us have ever seen. If you disagree, shut the hell up. You're an idiot. I don't care that your dad, that your, that your grandpappy 
watched Mickey Mantle. Who cares? Mickey yep. Mantle was a scrub compared to Shohei Otani. Okay? Shohei Otani, by far, the most talented athlete in the world. Yep. Okay. Yep. So with that being said, I acknowledge that. But realistically, these angels are more than one piece away. And we haven't done it with Shohei Otani. So I'm not going to be bummed out if he doesn't come back. But I do legitimately see an avenue now where he comes back. I say five-year deal, opt out after two or three. Like you had said, you know, he's here for the Ron Washington era. You know, Perry's got one year left. Maybe we see, you know, remember how Billy Epler secretly hush-hush signed a one-year contract extension? Maybe we see that here again. So with that being said, maybe this is already saying, okay, we're going to give it a two-year shot. We're going to see what happens. I, I, that's what I can see happening here. And again, I, I, I can see it both ways. I can see it where you're coming from too. If, if we don't get Otani back, you're going to have that, what, 50 year, you know, for 30 to 50, you know, that, I'll, I'll widespread this 30 to 60 year AAV or 60 million AAV, 60 AAV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. AAV at your disposal to me, yep. you know what that screams to a starting pitchers. Yep. A DH bat or or an outfield bat, and uh, uh, one of the top tier bullpen guys. So that's for sixty Snell. million dollars. Yeah, you can get Snell. You were gonna say that. <laughs> I would say just top of my head, regardless if they fit the organization, but players like this: Snell, Stroman, either Bellinger or JD Martinez, Martinez. and then oh, whoever the top tier, maybe a Josh Hader or someone in the bat, someone in the bullpen. Those yep. four guys for the price of one Otani. And I know a lot of people said, well, you could have got something like that if you traded him at the deadline or that that's a whole, that conversation is to the track wall and gone folks. And honestly, I feel like most people nowadays probably would be like, yeah, maybe we should have traded him, but hindsight's 2020, everything makes sense looking at from a distance, right? Yep. Absolutely. So you never know what's going to happen, but I think either way, this is my thinking. Manassian has to have a board in the office right now that has it's split down the middle plan a, Otani, and then all the pieces underneath it. Plan B, a big sad face, and then all the <laughs> all the next top tier options that you, as soon as Otani tells you, I'm signing with blank. You say, thank you for everything you've done for this organization. Best of luck. Please don't kick our ass whenever you play us. And, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, hang up, boom, call this, boom, call this, boom, call this. That's what yeah. you have to do. Immediately. The Immediately. angels can't sit on it, right? Because here's the thing. If you do that, I, I'm saying if you wait an hour or two hours, <laughs> people are going to immediately know Break, buckle that your you're desperate. Buckle your seatbelt as soon as Otani news comes to that to a head. Either if it's at night, that next day, or whenever, the beat writers are going to be off the hook with everybody else that tra- not only are going to be talking about what Otani's contract looks like and all the fallout from that. It's going to be everything else. It's going to be a quick sprint to the finish. Now, my thinking is on this one, and I'll make it quick. Um, if it's not the Angels that he returns to, Otani, uh-huh. rapid fire, without rash or reasoning, who is Otani's jersey going to be on the front? I want to say Blue Jays. I want to say Blue Jays or Giants. My mind has been gravitating more towards Toronto. Somehow, some way, what freaks me out the most, and I wouldn't be pissed off about it, if he goes to the National League, send him to the Georgia Peaches, send him to the Atlanta Braves. 
Let them have an all-star team. Let him win. I will buy an Atlanta Braves Otani jersey immediately. I'd do that. Yeah. I, was, I was like that when I, at first when the rumors were really coming out, like, oh, Chicago is a very, very good la- potential landing spot for him. I was like, okay, Cubs. Hey, you know what? I kind of like the Cubs. I love Wrigley Fields, one of my favorite stadiums. Okay, I'll get an Otani Cubs jersey. Yeah. And, and there's still a name that's been rumored, right? Yes, they have. it Right so, now, it's Angels, Dodgers, Giants, uh, Cubs, yep. Braves, Blue Jays. Those are and the Braves players. wasn't until today that that was announced. There was a lot of rumors of it months ago, but then they're like, yes. that's Again, the National League teams, Dodgers, Giants, and Cubs, four, four of the six are NL teams. Having yeah. the universal DH, especially with Otani's elbow right now, plays heavily into the National League favor side of things. So. Absolutely. And it's crazy that almost none of those teams are East Coast teams. Yeah, you have the Blue Jays who are – you know, on the East Coast because yeah. they're in the AL East, but it's still fairly centralized. I mean, it's you know, it's above Buffalo. The, New the, York, so. the biggest swing I'm thinking on the Blue Jays, and I'll make this point quickly, is the the rumors that the Blue Jays are trying to go hard not only for Otani but talking with the Padres about Juan, for Juan Soto. Soto. Trade. Yep. So if I don't, you know, of course I think the Otani move comes first before yep. any trade talk. If the Blue Jays are able to swing and have that big, technically be a big four. In Guerrero Jr., Otani, Soto, and uh, Bochette, that would be pretty good. And that's if there's any way you can stick it to the East Coast and the Yankees and the Red Sox, that's the way to do it. And Absolutely. with everything with Toronto, I, I could see the fan base gravitating towards Otani. There is, I believe, you know, a decently high population of the Asian culture in the Canada area, in Toronto, and other spots in Canada. So you could get. That feeling. Cool. Remember, they had a couple other guys. You know, who was it? Kuchi. They have Kikuchi, right? They have Kikuchi. Back in the day, they had Fukudome and a couple other people as well. So Did they also have Ryu at one point. They had Hungjin Ryu at another point. So they've had players of Asian descent on that organization. At the end of the day, absolutely. Yeah. If you if you had to tell me percentage wise, I think Otani. I think it's honestly where I was at opening day last year. I said 55% Angels, 45% other, and I'm still on that bandwagon. Maybe it's, you know what, 52 to 48 Angels. I dropped it 3%. I'll, I'll say this, and this will be my last thing. because We have to wrap up. We have to have shorter, more condensed episodes. Yes, it's hard to at this time of year. Absolutely. I can say this. Shohei Otani is going to definitely change baseball as a whole, right? It, He's a With whatever he hasn't already. Exactly. So this is going to be a, an earth-shattering free agency. It, will we ever see a contract as big as his again? Hopefully not. But then again, we keep saying that. And, you know, there was Mike Trout. Every and then, you know, yeah, Tatis. There keeps being guys that keep on topping this kind of these kind of contracts. You know, I'm sure we said the same thing in what, like 2013 with Giancarlo Stanton. Like, oh, man, no one's ever going to make that kind of money again. Exactly. So, so at, 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 the, at the end of the day, since we have to wrap up here, I'm doing a final check just in case if there's breaking news right now on X. Okay. And right now, according to the winter meetings, the only thing that is popular are the crickets. Nothing really much is going on right now. In the sense of... Rob Manfred bikini photos? No! <laughs> no. The, on, the only thing Angel-related is Ron Washington made a statement that said about Otani, oh, I don't have much to say about that yet because I don't want to let anything out of the bag. 
take it for what it is? Is he being tongue-in-cheek? Does he mean something? I think you can't, again, like we talked about at the top of the show, speculation until it's passing, Rosenthal, Morosi, or Perry Manassian saying, breaking news, this is what's happening live on MLB Network. I think it's Ron Washington being hopeful as a first-time Angel manager, being a little tongue-in-cheek because he has a little comedic side to him. And I think it's also his hope that he wants to manage Shohei Otani. Who wouldn't want to manage Shohei Otani? Or at least exactly. just be in the dugout where it happens. All right, the last question I have for you. Short answer. Short yes. answer. Will we get Shohei Otani breaking news by the end of this week? Meaning Saturday. End of this week. Yes. Yeah, I okay. think I think he wants it done by the holidays. I'm going to predict oh, today's Monday as we record this podcast. I'm going to say the news drops Wednesday. They're on the East Coast for Nationals. So sometime around lunch to midday on Wednesday, West Coast time. When does the... Um... Winter when meetings, do the winter meetings end? Winter meetings are Sunday to Thursday, the third through the okay. s- oh no to the sixth. So that's Wednesday. I, so I would imagine that uh, you know Rob Manfred's going up, uh, Shohei Otani, you know, wink, wink, like come wink, on, wink, man, wink, let's wink. let's get it so done. I you know, winter meetings. The winter meetings used to be till Thursday because of the rule five. So let me back up my statement. Wednesday, it'll either happen very very late Tuesday night, or early on in the day, the final day on Wednesday to put a nice little firecracker at the end of this. Who knows? It could be like the Garrett Cole situation in San Diego in 2019 where he and then Rendon the next month. It could be just a streamline effect and it. There is no news and it's just like cricket, cricket, cricket. Deal's done. I think that's just going to happen. It's going to be, you know, you're going to hear the shot and all of a sudden the blood's just going to start going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, So I'll say, I'll say late Tuesday, early Wednesday, so okay. we're basically within the 48-hour window. Okay. I, I, I could see that, and, and I agree with that. I think it's going to definitely happen by the end of this week because I think a lot of these big names are going to be signed come the new year. I think the new year will just be kind of dealing with these smaller kind of pieces. By then, you know, the Bellingers, the Snells, the Otanis, yes. you know, Eduardo Rodriguez. I think these guys are already going to have homes by then. Correct. And that's always kind of how it works anyway. Um. So that's what I have. Dominic, thank you so much for joining us. If our fans and listeners don't already follow Catella Chronicles, first of all, what the hell is wrong with you? But second of all, where can they follow you and the podcast? Well, Catella Chronicles on Twitter or AKA X nowadays. And yeah, Instagram. Give it the times, Grandpa. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> at Catella underscore C-H-R-O-N. You can see all the angels and Dex content you want every Wednesday right now. If you are a Dex fan, we are joining our buddy at Dex Game Day Breakdown for a live Instagram podcast on the Dex Game Day Breakdown page. So if you're a hockey enthusiast and or love the Anaheim Ducks, feel free to check that out every Wednesday. And of course, follow everything Halos in the Infield and Contella Chronicles. The partnership is alive and well as we wait for things here at the MLB Winter Meetings 2023. Exactly. Keep it logged on to both of us. Make sure you follow both of our pages because when breaking news hits, I can promise we're going to be covering it. Yep, absolutely. On behalf of all of us here at Halos in the Infield and my friend Dominic over at Telechronicles, have a great day wherever you may be. Perfect.